Yes, today I get to interview Jose Acosta, a former Marine turned real estate investor in Tampa, Florida. So we're super excited, Jose, to have you on. Uh, Jose has grown his property to about 1.3 million, six properties very, very quickly through a, obviously a never quit mindset, which is part and parcel of the Marine mentality. Um, so we'll dive into that today. Jose, thanks for coming on the show. Tell us a little thanks. bit about what transitioned you into real estate investing uh, from, from the military. Um, so... You know, what transitioned me was uh, I've always wanted to be rich. I've always wanted to be, you know, financially uh, stable, successful and stuff like that. Since I was a little kid, I always liked real estate. I always liked uh, being able to help others because of money and stuff like that. Um, you know, when I was 16, I was still in high school and I was reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad or that the richest man in Babylon. So those are the things that, um, you know, shaped who I am today. And then I've always liked real estate. I've always liked houses and stuff like that. I'm a handyman. You know, I like painting and breaking things and stuff. So I, I would say that's why. Awesome. So the desire to be rich and then obviously the comfortability with, with the handyman stuff. Is that something that you did with your dad or, or how did you get really? Um, so, yeah. So my dad, uh, he's had a, a construction company since 2015. So, you know, I graduated high school and all that. And uh when I came back from the military, I started working with him, and uh, you know I saw, hey man, I could, you know, I could do this for myself. I could, you know, buy a house that's really messed up, and then fix it up, and then sell it later on. Just pretty much flip, you know, fix and flips. So that's how I pretty much got started. My dad was uh, the rock, pretty much. Yeah. So he helped with the skill sets and the mindset came through the military, and then the skill set to some degree came through working with your dad. Correct. Which, yes. So you're, you're, you're fixing these properties. You could clearly see that there's some opportunity there. Your, your reading of Richest Man in Babylon and Rich Dad, Poor Dad led you to probably some of the strategies that go with real estate investing. What was your, what was your process on your first deal? Um, it was actually, I started wholesaling, right? So like the first um, deal that I had was, uh, was wholesaling. I belonged to a uh, private investor club here in Tampa. That's called the Real Freedom Collab. And uh, so I didn't know a lot about real estate and all that. So when I joined, right, they pretty much helped me. Hey, well, this is what you do. Here's the leads. Here's this. Here's that. Um, this is the way you say it's sort of like a scripting um, process sort of thing. And then I was able to secure my uh, my first deal and I made 38000 on it. So, yeah, that's how I started. It was pretty cool. I called this lady all of a sudden and um, she's like, are you one of those people that buy anything cash? And I'm like, hell yeah, we are. And, you know, we kept it going on. And long story short, she sold us um, an acre point at 1.8 acres with uh, a single wide mobile home, three livable sheds and in a very good location here in Florida. And um, I was able to sell it within the collab here, you know, within the club. And um, I made 38000 So I was, that was pretty excited. Yeah, yeah man. Um, and, and how did that 38000 compare to the income you had made prior to that? Oh, so... <laughs> Uh, it was a it was a different milestone. It was a different ball game because uh, previously to you know the military and real estate, I had worked in mental house, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, through mental house, I met a lot of people that I know today and still my friends. Uh, had worked in several window companies and stuff like that. You know, making two thousand dollars a week. You know, that's not money. So since that check came into my account, I'm like, oh man, this is oh boy. This is different. I can get used to this. So I started. Yeah. $2,000 a week is nothing to snuff at. I mean, that's $8,000 a month. Well, uh, yeah. Com comparatively, right? So yeah. talk to me about the wholesale business. What does your wholesale business look like today? So I don't wholesale anymore. 
Um, I'm just full on into fix and flips. Uh, you know, I used to wholesale and stuff like that. And I had the pleasure of meeting um, a lot of my greatest friends today. Uh, those were people that, for example, I was um, I was calling this lady and I said, hey, ma'am, you know, I want to buy a house. She had it listed for sale, for sale by owner. So I call her and um, long story short, the house was really messed up. She had hoarders in it. So it was really nasty with a lot of stuff inside. And, uh, you know, we went through the process. I get her an offer. She accepted. And she said, hey, my son is, uh, he's, you know, he, he likes real estate. Can I give me your phone number? Maybe you can point him in the good direction. I said, of course. Yeah, of course. And um, I started talking to him. And this kid is uh, one of the best wholesalers I ever know today. He's a great friend of mine. And, you know, to this day, take my hat off. So, you know, I met him and I met a bunch of other people that I've trained. I've had the pleasure of helping throughout their career, you know, coming up. And uh, now today I'm just full on fix and flip. And you're, you're having wholesalers providing you with the majority of your business. Correct. So I partner up with this uh, also great friend of mine. Um, you know, we're, we have a flipping company, right? So we hired five wholesalers to pretty much supply us all the deals. We have this buy box and they, they have iBuy, right? So they would look at deals and in certain areas and certain price points that we want that we have to target. And that was just wholesale to us and exclusively to us. So you said hired them. Is this like W2, 1099? No. So, you know, they all have the same similar mindset that we have. Um, and they like, they genuinely enjoy wholesaling. And they wanted to stay, you know, stick with wholesaling for a bit longer. So we just said, hey, you know, partner up with us and everything. And that's pretty much it. We're not doing W2 since everything's commission-based. Yeah. So we have... Um, you know, we have a number that we have to hit that we have to get every property at. And we tell them, hey, that's, I don't know, 150. So if they get it for 50,000 and they make 100K, we don't care. Because we're still making the money that we need to make. So that's, um, that's something that, you know, they're happy with. Yeah. And so the value to them to partner with you, is it just that you, you close every time? Like, what, what's, the, what's the reason they're willing to go exclusive with you guys? So the reason is because we have a lot of uh, private money, right? So we have, uh, you know, lines of credits and stuff like that. So we're able to close literally within days. You know, if the deal requires that the numbers are there, we're able to close within seven days. Um, and if not, you know, regular two weeks and stuff like that. So since we're not wholesaling it right to somebody else, we don't have to wait 30 days and neither do they. So by them being able to say, hey, we can close in two weeks, you know, certain EMD or whatever, uh, they have a better chance of getting a get better deal. Yeah. And so you have five or 10 of these wholesalers that are serving you up. Does that provide all the deals that you want? Are you guys looking to grow or? Uh, we're looking to always grow. I mean, they're bringing us deals left and right. And sometimes we have more money than deals and sometimes more deals than money. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, we're looking to scale it to 20 houses a month. What is like the construction? Back to the yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we have, a, we have a, a few construction crews and stuff like that, and we're switching them from place to place. Um, you know, we have a system going on with them, and that when we start a house, you know, this crew will go do that, and then once they're done, we'll go to the next house, and so on, and so on, and so on. Kind of probably a fairly uh, templated process as far as countertops, finishes, etc. Correct. So, you know, it depends on, on the price point of the home, you know, and the higher the price point, the nicer things you have to put in it tentatively. So sometimes we'll put, you know, stone countertops and this and that. Sometimes we'll do epoxy, which looks fantastic. And a lot of people really love it. 
Uh, so it really depends on, on the tier of home that we're looking at. Yeah. And so a couple construction crews doing, what are you guys doing, like five or ten a month right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right now, this very second, we got nine going on. Um, and we're looking to, like I said, scale it to literally 2025. So you're going to probably need a few more crews in order to, uh, to make yeah. this happen. Exactly. Yeah. And that's kind of the interesting thing about business, right? Is as you're scaling, you, you solve a problem, you create a problem. Like if you brought on a ton more deals, you create a money problem and a crew problem, and it just kind of continues to, to go through the process. How are you preparing as you increase volume, you increase risk and exposure? How are you countering the potential changes in the market? Um, so we have a lot of people who are um, very knowledgeable about the market. Uh, you know, they're older people, a lot older than I am and my partners. So they've been through a lot of recessions and they know what's going on a lot better than we do. Um, so they advise us, hey, you know, buy here, buy where, and they just advise us. So we're not making mistakes so you know so so to say yeah are you guys carrying more cash reserves these days are you being a little more conservative in your underwriting and what you pay or is it all kind of still business as usual it's just usually you know it's just business usual uh the market hasn't drastically changed so far that we have to adapt to a new method per se so we're just keeping everything and rocking as much as we can yeah you've you've taken six of the properties that you've purchased and kept them. Um, yes. Walk me through like how you think about when you keep a property versus when you flip it. So um, flipping properties to my perspective is active income, right? So it's fantastic income, of course. And you know, you're making an X amount of money a year, yada, yada, but um, you're only making that. So if let's say you break a leg or you break an arm or something were to happen, God forbid, right? Your active income is gone. Because you're not actively doing it. So my thing is, I don't want to be rich. I want to be wealthy. And I want to build generational wealth for me and my family. I want to be the rich grandpa, you know, in 70 years. So I, I truly honestly believe in keeping properties. You know, flip two and keep one and so on, right? So you're building your portfolio. is growing as your money is growing also. Yeah. Your wealth and your money go hand in hand. How much, generally, how much cash flow if, if that's the measure you're using do you need before you keep one is it cash flow that's the decider or is it equity like what makes you keep a property it really depends on each property is a, it's a little different so i would look at the deal and if i like it enough to keep it for example because of something at, let's say the location the area or um just how much is cash flowing or the potential it's got the area if it's growing um then i'd keep it so it really depends whether it's cash flow location or equity per se yeah um and so the the mentors that you're have in your pocket obviously it sounds like they're advising you on location what are they yes. saying about the market so they're saying that you know the market's very slowly taking a dip and um you know god's willing to us so we're gonna be able to buy a lot um you know once everything crashes uh, but they're saying, you know, just be conservative. And that's what we are. You know, since we started, we've been very conservative. If, let's say, the RV is uh, 300000 we're going to estimate the RV to be two eighty, right? So um, we, we have to buy very, very conservatively because you buy and you make your money in the in, once you buy. You don't make the money in the exit. And a lot of people don't really understand that. They say, well, you know, it's okay pay $10,000 more for this property. Really yeah. 
Yeah, well, then you're stuck, especially in a declining market. Exactly. So, all right. So you're estimating maybe seven to ten percent lower than is actual, and that creates that seven to ten percent buffer. And then obviously you're building in profit already. In in how fast from the time you buy a property? Obviously, it's going to depend on its condition. But generally speaking, if we were to take an average, how long does it take you from the time you buy the property to the time it's back on the market? Um. So funny enough, it's about so four week rehab, right? Whether it's a major major rehab, usually it's a five week rehab. Because there's a lot more, you know, stuff to be done. Um, but so usually a four-week rehab, and um, after that we just put it in the market. So about four weeks, four to five weeks. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. It's a fast turnaround. Yeah. So we're moving at the speed of light. Yeah. So kind of, kind of break out the business for me a little bit. So like you obviously got five or 10 wholesalers bringing you the deals. Who does the negotiations and locks them up? Who manages the contractors? Like, how does the business so, um, so the wholesalers would literally, uh, they would lock everything up, right? So they would, they would send us, we have a realtor, um, that she pretty much would do all the comps, right? So, and she's fantastic. Her name is Megan and you know, we, we, we love Megan and everybody does because she is kind of like the center of our business. She would look at everything. She gets all the, all the things sent out to her. She's got a hundred things to look at it a day. Uh, but she manages to go through all of them and uh, she would look at all the comparables and everything. And she's, of course, conservative, right? So she would look at everything and give us a no shit, you know, conservative um, comparable pretty much, right? Yeah. So once we have that, then the wholesalers know, well, hey, we have to look it up at that price, right? So we'd look at how much we have to, you know, how much of a rehab. We'll look at all those things and, you know, we'll, they will, we'll tell them pretty much, hey, um, lock it up at this price pretty much and they would do that sometimes it doesn't work out sometimes it doesn't you know we'll tell them our bottom line and it's their job to lock it out at that price or a lot lower than that whatever they want and spread exactly yeah and then the agent probably does she just make a commission on deals that get done yes so she would list it for us you know they'll take all the pictures and everything and uh, she would list it for us and sometimes when you know she'll uh, represent us when the closing and all that so yeah does she just make it on the one side on the on the eventual seller? Or does she make some on both sides? 
Uh, sometimes on both sides. It really depends on the deal. Um, some deals, you know, they're weird. So we need her to represent us. Um, but yeah, sometimes on both and most of the time it's on the, on the end. So this, the this is really, I want I really want to expand on this a little bit because I think there's some really important aspects for people in this business. You essentially have no cost to your new generation. Correct. Right. So you're paying for it in the sense that maybe you could have locked up that deal for 50,000 instead of 150, but you're not paying for it in the sense that you spend nothing on generating leads, nothing on analysis. You acquire the property, you're using hard money, which is probably like how Correct. much of your money is going into these deals at all? On my own money? Yeah. Zero. Like, so no lead generation cost, no so analysis cost, no cost to buy the properties, no cost to rehab the properties? Well, out of my own personal cash, zero. So we have um, the wholesalers since they're wholesale and that's their business, right? So yeah. that's how they put money on the table pretty much, you know, bread on the table. Um, they do their own lead generation. They do their own lead sourcing and everything. So they supply us the leads. We tell them our buy box, right? So, hey, we want this specific properties in this market uh, and it's their job to find that as wholesalers, right? So we're outsourcing that. Um, so it, that's their cost. And um, we have the ability to get a hundred hundred. So we have a hundred percent purchase price or a hundred percent financing on the rehab. We have such a great relationship with our lender that we would literally would send them the deal. They would look at it and say, good to go. Let's do it in a week, you know, or whenever we have a schedule, right? So we have a great relationship. And I think it's a key thing in this business to grow your relationships and truly, honestly, don't screw anybody over in the process. Because yep. a lot of people, you know, they, they, they think very shortly. They, they don't look at the bigger lens and they're looking at, well, you know, I'm going to make $100,000 with this deal and, you know, screw that lender or screw that guy or whatever. And they're, they're not looking at the relationships. And this world is very, very small, especially real estate. Yeah. So, so kind of break into that a little bit. You said they're going to make $100,000 and so they screw the lender. Like, give me an example of, of the way that they would do that. So, for example, I don't know, like, you know, I'm lending, for example, I'm a private money lender. I'm, I don't know, I'm a doctor, for example, right? And I have some cash laying around. I have my, my salary and all that. And I have some cash. Let's just say I have a million dollars that I want to invest. It's just sitting in an account, you know, making 0.02% a year. And I want to invest it with somebody. So I'd give this, uh, I don't know, Schmokatelli, I would give this guy $200,000, right? And let's say the deal falls through. Something happens to the deal. They're not able to sell it on their part because they made, um, they made a mistake, right? For example, they didn't manage something right. The ARV was way too high. And they thought they were going to sell it for five hundred, but they are really going to sell it for 300 or whatever happened, right? So... They will do that, and once they sell the property for whatever they can, they, they would rather put more money in their pocket than keep me happy. So they're only looking at the small picture, right, that had they returned my money, even if it's just no percentage, just $200,000 back, and I didn't lose my money, I would have invested with them again. Yeah. But instead, they're choosing to just make their money, screw everybody else, hey, sorry, we're not able to front up your money again, and, you know. Yeah, that's how people get burned in this business. 100%. And you see it because I'm in a group of, of investors. You see it like the ones that really, really do well long term are the ones that even in a loss, they pay their investor back money plus plus the return they were expecting. And, 100%. Yeah. So, okay. So you guys have grown pretty fast. Um, I mean, you're not 40 years old by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not. 
you're basically yeah. half of that. Um, yeah. So, so you, it's just really crazy how fast you grow. And what have been some of the challenges of being either young or growing so fast? <laughs> so growing so fast, especially young, right? So a lot of people, right? So from, even for my own family members, and I get excited when I say this because it's just so funny, right? So me being 20 years old, 21 years old, right? When I started the business, I was 20, actually 19 years old that I started deeply into real estate. Um, I did some Airbnb back in the beginning and stuff, but deeply I was 19 and 20. And then now I'm 21, I'm fixing to turn 22. So a lot of people didn't believe that, you know, a 21-year-old or a 20-year-old can make a million dollars a year. Nobody nobody can wrap their you know themselves around that because a lot of people that are 60, 70 years old, unfortunately, they never made anywhere close to that. So they can't wrap them, you know, themselves around the idea like, hey, freaking this 21-year-old is making closer to a million or a million dollars a year or 300, 400,000, whatever it is, right? So it's just being young and not being taken seriously and um, sometimes finding the cash. That was my biggest thing. Uh, when you would go up to a lender, right, like special in the beginning, not having any money out of pocket or just a little bit of money and going to a lender and say, hey, you know, why don't you give me a line of credit of $3 million, you know, and it's just crazy going up to some people and asking them for a lot of money when you have not a lot of experience and not a lot of money. So, so kind of walk us through that sales process a little bit. So you're, you're newer, you're asking for a $3 million line of credit. How many no's did you need to get? How did you need to oh refine your pitch? to make it happen. Oh my gosh. So I would literally, I went to um, Craigslist, right? So Craigslist, uh, Facebook groups and stuff like that. And I would literally look up private lenders near me or private lenders in Tampa or whatever, right? So I would call this bunch of people that were advertising uh, hard money or just lines of credit or they just knew people who, with money and they were kind of brokering it. Um, so I got so many no's, not even funny. I got a lot of people to send me stuff. I got a lot of spam. I got a lot of BS, so per se, um, until I got a final yes, and they're like, hey, you know, we we see you're, you guys are growing, we see your expertise, let's let's do it, let's put something together, if you guys like it, we'll go forward, and you know, God's willing, and, you know, thank God we've been able to, you know, till this point, you know, we have a great relationship with our lenders and all that, and uh, yeah. So, you have a good relationship with the lenders. A lot of times lenders make you start by putting 25% down or something like that. And you slow, so you slow to earn your way to a hundred percent, hundred percent. Was that for you or did you start out the gate hundred percent each way? So at, out the gate, we started 80, then 85, then 90, and then and eventually grew to 100. Uh, not a lot of, of lenders. Well, I, actually not, no lenders going to look at you right? and say, I like you. I like the way you look. Let's give yeah. you a hundred, you know, freaking $300,000. Go play with it. Nobody's going to do that. Right, unless it's a private lender, let's say you have an uncle or somebody in your family who has cash that can just literally give it to you, lend it to you, go buy a property, go invest it. That's a way to do it. Um, but yeah, no hard money lender is going to lend you just you know 100% right off the bat. You got to build that relationship, and it's very very important that you know what you're doing and that you're very very conservative because you can screw it up once, maybe twice, but once you screw it up three times, and especially big time. They're gonna say, "Hey, man, listen. You know, uh, it was great working with you. Sorry, we're not, we're not gonna deal with you anymore. We're done." Yeah. Any deals you had go south so far? Uh, not really. God, you know, I'm telling you, God's good to us, and we've never had a deal go south. Uh, we've had deals that have been getting rehabbed a little longer than expected because of you know, you never know 
once you open up the walls, right? So like once you get into a house, like you know, it looks fantastic from the outside and the inside. But once you you know start demolishing things, you're like, whoa, what what's going on? So yeah, we've had you know a few rehabs that have taken a little longer than we wanted them to, uh, but so far now. Yeah. So what do you see as a vision for your business over the next three to five years? So, you know, I think that's a fantastic question. I think about it all the time. Um, I write my vision, I have a small little vision board and I write it down, right? So we're able to stay focused and on track. And uh, we want to keep on flipping houses until the market allows us to, right? So once everything dips, it's going to be a little harder um, until we're allowed to. And then we're going to move into multifamily with the cash that we have saved and the cash that we have. Um, we're going to put a few down payments on multifamily properties. And then we're going to transition eventually into multifamily. Yeah. That's our overall goal. So what do you think will be the pivotal moment for that? Is it like a certain number of units? Is it a certain amount of reserves? Like what is the dividing line between doing what you're doing now and transitioning into multifamily? Um, I would say the market. Truly, honestly, the market. Once we're able, because right now the market is very, that's not good, but it's, kind of good for us right so we buy something and we're able to still sell it for a higher price once the market you know drastically dips we're not going to be able to do that um or at least at a higher scale so you know our business model i believe is going to take a little bit of a dip so we're going to transition with the cash reserves that we have we're going to transition into multifamily, and you know i think it's going to be it's going to be great great thing Without giving away too many details, how mu how do you decide how much cash to pull out for your own personal use and how much to reinvest? So it really depends of what I got right then and there in front of me, you know, at that moment. So once we sell a property, that makes some money, right? We sell another one, we make some money. So you're making, let's say, for example, in one month, I don't know, $100,000 or $60,000. Uh, it depends, you know, I... I truly believe, you know, you got you should save some money, just put it aside, then reinvest it, and then whatever little bit is left, just go buy something nice for yourself. You know, if you like it, I don't know, like buy a watch, whatever it is, right? Everybody's got their own um, thoughts of luxury per se. I like to not splurge, but I like to live good, and I like to enjoy my life, and I like to reward myself, right? So when I we sell something or when something good happens, I'm not that guy that's just gonna, you know be you know, straight up all the time and just business, business, business. I like to enjoy my life because I believe we only have one and I like to enjoy the process. So right now I'm young, you know, and I just enjoy it. Yeah. Love it, man. Um, yeah. I know some of the guys that I hang out with, some guys do it on a percentage. They're like, I always take out X percent of my checks for my, you know, so if I do a hundred thousand dollars a year or $5 million a year, I take the same yeah. percentage. Other people are like, I just kind of feel it out. sounds like maybe you're in the feel it out kind of camp. Yeah, I am. Love it. What is your vision specifically for your life and business the next 12 to 18 months? What are you trying to get done <laughs> in the near future? Um, I would say just keep on flipping. Uh, keep on flipping 100%. Uh, I am trying to acquire a lot more properties. You know, uh, we have right now this literally a model that, you know, we buy three properties, we sell two and keep one. Um, and we're trying to just keep on growing our net worth and um, just keep on meeting people, keep Keep doing what we're doing, which is, you know, it's working out fantastically uh, and keep on growing. We want to keep on growing, scale at 20 houses a month and potentially God's willing, you know, 30, 40 houses a month if the market and, and everything permits. 
You know, so, so we're trying to scale it. You'll be keeping six or seven a month. Potentially, yes. So yeah, buy three, keep two, you know, keep one. Yeah. That's so yeah, we're, we're moving. We're moving. And if you're doing five a month right now, you're keeping one or two a month. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Jose, thank you so much for coming on and sharing about your life and business and getting down in the nitty gritty with us. Um, for those of you out there listening, there's so much to take away. Maybe you want a business that doesn't require you to pay anything for leads or anything for the service level or anything for the money or anything for just about anything, right? All you have to do is provide right. the know-how, the work the, the and the management. Not to say that that's light, right? Obviously, what Jose is doing is pretty incredible. Um, but there's a lot that could be learned from this episode. Write down what you learned specifically. Share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 